You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Thomas Frank. He's the author of What's the Matter with Kansas and The Wrecking Crew and a columnist for The Wall Street Journal. Thank you for speaking with me, Thomas. You got it, Rick. Thomas, this has been a fairly tumultuous week, as they all seem to be in the world of politics. Tell us a little bit about some of your thoughts uh, about what, what's going on. You, you wrote a great column on uh, K Street and the Democrats. Yeah, that uh, you know, this is after the last election. I sort of thought we would have seen the last of uh, of you know of of K Street. I mean, look, lobbyists are going to be around forever. But what's funny is that you know, in the last election, lobbying was very unpopular uh, 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 industry, and um, and yet there were two stories in the Washington Post over the last month. Uh, you know, really. Uh, admiring lobbyists. Now, these are Democratic lobbyists. Of course, uh, the, 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 the heyday of the Republican lobbyists and the K Street Project and Jack Abramoff and all that is, of course, over, since Democrats now control both houses of Congress as well as the executive branch. And so, but, but, but the Post ran a series of stories about how, um, you know, how tasteful and, uh, and clever and, and, and worthy of admiration uh, <laughs> lobbyists are. And it, what, what, the thing that struck me about it is that what these lobbyists do, these Democratic lobbyists, is, you know, this is, I'm speaking generally here, I'm not talking about anyone in, in particular, but what their, what their role in the capital city is, is to, uh, you know, to uh, speak on behalf of industry, okay? So their job as, as Democratic lobbyists, or whatever you want to call it, is to keep the president from, from fulfilling his mandate, okay? It's to keep things like the public option from happening, uh, you know, to 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 keep things like um, uh, card check, which was a this is a, a proposal that would make it easier to uh, organize a labor union in the workplace, and the president has been in favor of it. The lobbying community, K Street, is basically uh, you know completely against it because, of course, they speak for industry, and so it's it's very ironic. Uh, well, everything is everything in this city is ironic, but it's it, it's 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 sort of amusing and interesting. That uh, you know we're celebrating these people whose job it is, uh, you know, as as worthy of admiration, and their their job is to is to to keep uh, these changes from happening that their party is pledged to. It's a uh, fascinating to to see that you know money never never loses its favor, does it? It's always it's always on on the rise. Well, you know, yes, money. <laughs> money doesn't uh, it doesn't go away you know it doesn't it doesn't quit uh you know it speaks in all sorts of different ways uh it's that but that's the fascinating thing about america i decided many years ago that if you didn't understand money and you didn't understand business you you didn't really understand america and so i made it my job to try to understand the culture of business and that's that's uh that's where i am today we we've really turned government into a kind of a subsidiary for of of the multinational corporations. Yeah, that's something that worries me. Uh it was it was worse under the Bush administration when you know uh, Bush himself this is a, a a statement that he made once that is not widely quoted. I believe that I am the only uh person the only journalist to to quote it and I, I quote him saying this all the time but he said that government should be market based. <laughs> 
it's a strange thing to say if you think about it, because the whole idea of government is that it stands outside the market. And to put government on a market-based footing is, I mean, in some ways that gets at, that helps us to understand the entire, you know, sweep of the Bush years, that you have, uh, you know, a government that's basically handed over to money, you know, that does as the market bids, whether you're talking about contracting out or listening to lobbyists or outright bribery, of which there were, you know, some very high-profile cases. It's the the worst-case scenario of, this country is open for business. That's right. You know, there's been all sorts of different formulations of that uh, of that sentiment over the years, going back to Warren Harding, and I mm-hmm. guess even further back than that. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's basically the idea. Now, there's nothing wrong with business per se, of course, but it's just that government's role is something else. It's not government is not a business. Uh, government should not tr- be trying to make a profit. You know, that's not what it's for. And, and nor are we. Nor is the government there to make it easier for businesses to make a profit, is it? Well, that's right. Well, it should. It should be. A, it shouldn't be. That shouldn't be its object. No, it no. should be a, a, obviously an impartial. You know, uh, something that, that that that's not out there. If, if 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 you know, if that was government's objective, I mean, heaven help us all. <laughs> Um, uh, we've had some pretty interesting stuff happening in the House of Representatives this week. We we actually saw um, a Democrat grow a spine. <laughs> you know, there are some of them. I I'm very critical of Democrats, and uh, I, I look. I was a big fan of President Obama when he took office, and I've I've really been disappointed uh, by him the last few weeks. But there are some good Democrats out there. I mean, don't you you know you shouldn't shouldn't uh, dismiss them all. Not enough good ones, though. I, I'm talking, of course, about Alan Grayson, who came out a couple nights ago and basically uh, called it like it is, I think, as far as uh, with regards to the Republicans' health care plan, which is... Uh, don't there is no Republican health care plan. Exactly. Don't get sick. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't get sick. Take a lot of vitamins. Right. What's really interesting to me is that though they are in the minority, the Republicans act as if they are the majority party. And though they are the majority, the Re- the Democrats are acting as if they're a minority party. That's right. It's a role that they've learned over the last uh, you know fifteen years, and they can't seem to snap out of it. And it's it's you know it's backed up by the rhetoric. There's a lot of talk these days about, uh, you know, the Republicans are denying President Obama's legitimacy. And it's like, well, duh, of course they are. That's what, that's what they do. They, this is the conservative. Now, I shouldn't say Republicans because there are some good Republicans as well. But the conservative movement is all about delegitimizing liberalism. That's what they've been doing for decades. This is what the whole Red state, blue state thing was about when it, you, you remember when this uh, this sort of what what would you call it this this meme this idea mm-hmm. uh, this pattern first came you know came up after the 2000 election the whole idea was to um, make President Bush who had lost the popular vote seem like he was uh, legitimate like he was more legitimate than the other you know he wasn't just chosen by the you know electoral college and the Supreme Court but no he was legitimate because geographically. You know, he won the majority of the country. So if you look at a, a map of, say, my home state of Kansas, there was only one county that went for Al Gore, and all the other ones went for George Bush. And therefore, you know, he, he won the majority of the counties, and therefore he's more legitimate. And that's, you know, that, that was the case in every state, I think, all across the country. And that's what it's always been about. That liberals are, by their very nature, these sort of debased creatures, you know, who don't 
don't like American things, don't like American culture, drive foreign cars, drink fancy uh, uh, coffees, um, you know, uh, live in affected suburbs, you know, do all these things that that, that we associate with, uh, uh, you know, the sort of deracinated tastes of of the wealthy. Whereas, uh, as conservatives, were supposed to be these um, men of the people. You know, and that that goes on. To, I mean, that was all about legitimacy, and mm-hmm. and and it's been applied to Obama. And uh, you know, it, this is another thing that disappoints me about the Democrats. I mean, to get back to that to that to that point that I made before is that they don't seem capable of responding to these things. I, I mean, this is what me. I've been writing about this all summer. It it first struck me with the town hall meetings. Look, I went to some of those tea parties back in February and April, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a joke. I thought they were ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first one I went to, there was only maybe 100 people there, and they had all clearly come from a uh, convention that was happening across town. <laughs> in fact, the speakers <laughs> referred to things that were happening at the convention, you know, and it was, it was so clearly a put-on. And then in the, with the town hall meetings, you saw this, this, this thing sort of... Uh, uh, blossom, you know, this another blossoming of the right, and the it, it was going to happen sooner or later. But what's funny is that the 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 Democrats and the liberals really don't seem to understand how to reply to it. You know, they're really, caught flat-footed as always. It shocks me because you would think that the Democrats would have an appeal to the kind of creative and advertising type mindset where they'd be able to get out there and really put out an effective counter message, but they just seem tongue-tied and scare, scaredy cats. Yeah, a part of that is that they, they, they are natural technocrats. Mm-hmm. You know, they immediately fall back on, this is just the nature of the, this is who Democrats are nowadays and have On been the facts, time. oh my God. They, <laughs> they fall back on the facts. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not just the facts, the details, yeah, the facts. And, and there's something to be said for that, that has its place, of course. Uh, but the, the you know politics is uh, that's not how you speak to the public. Well, no. that's not how you that's not how you uh, you know you 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 present a broad sweeping change in American life. You know you have to do that in a more with you know bigger ideas. Uh, you know I've been just uh, this morning for reasons completely unrelated. I've been reading a lot of Thomas Paine. You know the the uh, Revolutionary War pamphleteer, and that's. Mm-hmm. That's what that guy was all about. He had this knack for presenting the biggest ideas in history, you know, in a way that was that really just made your your hair stand on end. Uh, you know, very inspiring. And uh, we haven't seen Democrats like that for a long time. I thought Obama was that kind of uh, was that kind of man, but uh, he hasn't. He certainly has hasn't said anything remotely inspiring in a long time. Well, but, you know, you look back to someone like Franklin Roosevelt or mm-hmm. even Harry Truman, you know, we're, we're very good at this kind of thing and, and always beat, <laughs> beat the conservatives on these issues. But now they just, uh, they don't seem to, their party doesn't seem to be able to rise to the occasion. Yeah, no, it's, they, they haven't figured out, you don't sell ivory soap with guys in lab coats, you sell ivory soap with Marilyn Chambers. <clears throat> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is a very, you know, I hadn't thought of that. That's a really good way of putting it. They, they really – one of the things – now, I, I did think that Obama's address to the joint session of Congress was – I thought that was pretty effective, uh, you know, close to a return to style, and, and he somewhat kept that up. But there, one of the things that shocks me is that the Democrats and the Democratic Party are not able to capitalize on lots of the good stuff. I mean, you know, they – we largely, you know, put the brakes on what looked like a Great Depression about to happen. Um, 
Obama's dealing with two wars, and he seems to be dealing with them pretty effectively, although, it, again, there's there's room for, for improvement. But still, I mean, it seems like they're so busy, like, staring at their shoes, they don't bother to look up and never say anything about yeah, the good stuff. Yeah, it is stuff. funny. Um, I imagine that the public will come around. Um, is so much of this stuff, um, you know, so the, the, the right-wing flowering is a, a, a weird kind of... Um, perverted response to uh, to the recession fears. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and this is, by the way, this is a peculiar thing in its own right, that when we're faced with this sort of fundamental breakdown of the free market system, of the business system, that our response is to rally to the politicians who want to, you know, give that system even more power, deregulate even more. Uh, that's very, very peculiar, uh, you know, because this, this, the, the, the financial crisis was, and this is something I know quite a bit about, was to a very great degree caused by uh, by the deregulatory philosophy mm-hmm. of Reagan and Bush. Sure, you uh, I mean, you can lay it directly at the feet of that of that philosophy. There has mm-hmm. never been a more clear-cut case of a the failure of a philosophy of government, not mm-hmm. just a particular agency or particular individual, but across the board, this philosophy failed. Mm-hmm. And and yet you have, you know, the, the, the town hall protesters, the 912 protesters, uh, who are basically, uh, you know, furious, up in arms, that, uh, that we might that we might consider, uh, you know, uh, uh, bringing government back into the picture, you know. It, that's, that's a very strange thing. And it strikes me too. What the other thing that strikes me is that, again, the Democrats can't muster an effective response to that, and the fascination they haven't also twigged to the fact that anytime somebody does something slightly outrageous like these tea parties and stuff, that just sucks up the media's attention. Oh so, yeah. So you'll oh, get yeah. you'll get a picture like you said about the, you'll see a hundred people at a protest party, and then you know. Two days down the road, it's ten thousand people, and it's a giant movement. <laughs> yeah, I was. I saw some footage of one of those things. There was someone waving a photograph, a big blown up photograph on a on a stick of Ayn Rand. You know the novelist <laughs> yeah, Ayn Rand. I, oh my God! It's like to think that that's your response to you know to a really 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 bad recession is to demand uh, you know an Ayn Rand sort of system in which there is no tax, there is no regulation. You know? <laughs> uh, but you, you know you're right about that. That, that that's and this is something that, that uh, that's been pointed out many times that the um, these it, there's these people are are the, the media only shows the town hall meetings that go that go wrong. Mm. There are hundreds of town hall meetings, and the only ones you hear about are the ones where they're basically the the local Ayn Rand club somehow managed to take (laughs) over, you know. (laughs) We don't know about the rest of them. Well, I I think, too, though, that one of the things I think about this uh, Grayson incident is that he hasn't backed down, and he seems seems to really have captured nearly as much attention as uh, Mr. Wilson did. Uh, Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that this will, you know, maybe point the way for, you know, more more Democrats to put on funny clothes and say weird things. <laughs> Did he put on funny clothes? I missed that part of no, it. No, but I mean, they'll get on. At least they'll get on camera with some kind of message that isn't, you know, let's uh, throw the government to the wolves. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. A, it is funny times that we're living in, and I don't think that you you have to pull a stunt to get the message through. Uh, I think, uh, and look, we, the, the, the Democrats have the right man in place, which is Barack Obama. He's mm-hmm. 
easily the best orator I've ever seen in my life. Mm, yeah. uh, he is the man that can do it. That can you know they can uh, uh, they can sell this thing. I'm very disappointed that he hasn't. Um, you know that if, let's take the healthcare for example, the public option, which is now appears to be going down to defeat uh, in in the Senate. Uh, Barack Obama could have that thing passed tomorrow if he felt like it. Uh, he is the leader of the party. He has rescued them from you know disaster. Uh, you know they owe they owe everything to him. He's the president of the United States. He could twist some arms and get that done, just in the same way that Lyndon Johnson used to do, or that Franklin Roosevelt used to do. Or the George W. Bush used to do, mm. and uh, he, he, as far as I can tell, he hasn't lifted a finger, and that's the, that's depressing. But he also should be on the airwaves all the time, coining phrases, you know, as as he he can do that in in a way that nobody else in American politics right now can do. Deliver these uh, these you know beautiful sentences describing why we need to do these things, what's happened to us, laying making the case. For uh, you know, for for the liberal for the liberal state, he needs to be out there doing it. Now he doesn't have to wear a three cornered hat to do it. Either. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. Though it might it might help. <laughs> um, could you talk uh, about um, the role of the of the paper you write for, the Wall Street Journal? Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they publish <laughs> to tell the truth. Yeah, well, it, I'm it's interesting shocked. to me too. But it's you know, at the end of the day, I'm very happy to be published there. It's a quality newspaper. Mm-hmm very quality newspaper. It's the only newspaper in America, or the only national newspaper anyway, that seems to be uh, doing fine in the age of the internet, which is a good thing. Mm. And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, I guess if I, I, I don't know what, if I, if I had my choice, I don't know, but, uh, but I am, I am very pleased to be on, on their, their editorial page. And, and it is, it's interesting being the one liberal, as your listeners surely know, it's a, it tends to be a, well, it is a conservative editorial page mm. and, uh, and I'm the, the, the one liberal, uh, and you know, it's, um, it's hard, uh, but it's uh, it's it's good to have an audience that's very very skeptical of you. It keeps you on your toes. Mm. Now, one thing I want to talk about too is uh, the the bring up the the most recent Thomas Friedman column, at, wherein he you know lamented about the the true danger that the escalation of uh, this kind of talk that we've seen on from the right is bringing, and, and of course you know the the recent Facebook poll. Uh, you know, oh, I saw that. Wasn't that sick? It's very sick. And the problem with this is because of this kind of technology where you stomp one, you close one door, there's 12 others that are going to open really right, soon. Right, of course. Um, could you talk about, uh, do you think there's anything that that can or should be done at a national level, either by the Democrats or by, you know, the Congress itself, to to legislate, to do something to, you know, prevent this kind of toxic uh, discourse that's, you know, Elevate into what are serious threats against the president of the United yeah. States. Well, I wouldn't call that a serious threat. That's just somebody. I mean, I don't know. That just sounds like, you know, some idiot. Um, I, I'm of two minds on this. On the one hand, uh, you, you, you know, obviously, freedom of speech is is is, is pretty much sacred, and there's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about that. Uh, now, obviously, uh, at the same time, people aren't allowed to threaten the president. That's that's well established. We know that. Um, but I, I don't think that Democrats should be, or liberals, or whatever Tom Friedman is. I have no idea what he is. 
Um, they, they, no, really. They, 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 and this is what Nancy Pelosi did this the other, the other, uh, you know, two weeks ago, I believe, mm-hmm. where she, you know, they, they're they're basically crying for the playground monitor. You know, it's like, oh, you know, we can't. The 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 rhetoric is escalating, and they're look. The fact is, they're getting beaten. Mm. Yeah. You know, and the answer is not to to try to 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 call in some uh, you know uh, some some policeman who's going to stop the Republicans from from saying mean things. It's to fight back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now leaving aside this is that's putting aside um, you know the possibility of someone actually doing something terrible. And by the way, there's an uh, even worse example than than what you described that thing on Facebook. This is one that I heard about on a, on a well-known conservative blog. Okay, it's a pretty out there conservative blog, but it's a well-known one. And a, and a, and a guy was essentially promoting the idea of a military coup against Obama. And yeah, and the, the blog took it down right away. But, uh, but, you know, it was up there long enough to draw attention and that sort of thing. And, uh, uh, you know, if you put that the the sort of crazy fringe aside, I think this is um, you know, this is this is a the, the answer is not to call for the playground monitor. The answer is to win the fight. Yeah, the answer is to speak clearly and get back there oratorically, rhetorically. Yeah, no actually. kidding. Oh. I've been speaking with Thomas Frank. His latest book is The Wrecking Crew. He's a columnist for the Wall Street Journal. Thank you for speaking with me, Thomas. Anytime, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.